Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. I love having our next guest on the show. It is Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, editor-in-chief. You should go to footballoutsiders.com right now. Check out the work there. And also, Aaron, um, where should, uh, what should why should people sign up? Why should people get the plus, the good stuff, the premiere, the stuff behind the wall? Well, you've got fantasy projections during the year as well as the playoffs if you're a DFS player. We've got picks against the spread. We have a special film column called All 32 that runs on Fridays that you need to be an FO Plus subscriber for. And it means you get our preseason book absolutely free in July, which is Football Outsiders Almanac 2023. That is more than enough for doing it because the DVOA is something that we all follow, and it's not 100%, but nothing, nothing is. With your models, was there any results from last weekend that really went against what you guys have measured all year with all the playoff teams? Uh, no, the only uh, real thing that went against uh, what we measured all year was that Cincinnati uh, didn't cover Otherwise, we had last week all completely correct. <laughs> all of our picks were correct. So then let's go. I am, I've done a complete flip-flop because as a sports fan, I don't have to take responsibility for many things. I've been a Giants fan since Otis Anderson won the MVP in Super Bowl twenty-five, And yes, that ages myself. And as you know, because you've come on the show on a regular basis, the whole year I'm like, the Giants are frauds. The Giants are frauds. After that first drive, I'm like, I haven't seen Daniel Jones look this good. Now I'm like, I'm back in on the Giants because I'm a hypocrite and an emotional flip-flop. When you view the Giants, when you view the numbers now in the totality of the season, what do you see in this team? How wrong was I? Yeah, they are kind of frauds. They're not as good as their record. They're coached very well. What's remarkable is their offense. I mean, the fact that their offense is top 10 in our numbers with Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins as the top two receivers (laughs) is a little nuts. Uh, the thing about the Giants, though, is their defense is terrible. Uh, Saquon Barkley has not been as good this year as people think he's been, but more importantly, their defense is terrible. So they're really doing it primarily with the passing game, and they're just going up against a Philadelphia team that's so much more well-rounded. Like, when you look at the Giants' offense against the Philadelphia defense, there's lots of reasons to believe that the Giants' offense can match the Philadelphia defense. But then you look at the other side of the ball and you're like, oh, yeah, Giants are in trouble. How much does the models take into account that I don't know if we any of us fully know what sort of shape Jalen Hurts is in? Hasn't played since early December, and it's not like he looked 100% com- uh, comfortable in that final game against the Giants. Yeah, we don't, we're not adjusting for his injury. He's off the injury report, so we are not adjusting for his injury. And so I have the Giants covering the seven and a half point spread. Is this more because is this more because I've done thoughtful analysis, or is it because I've suddenly learned to love again? No, I think it's uh, some thoughtful analysis. Uh, the fact is that their offense is pretty good, and Philadelphia, their biggest advantage in this game is the Giants have the worst run defense in the league by our numbers, as far as efficiency goes, and the Eagles have the best running game. The thing about running the ball a lot is that it does keep scores down and it keeps the difference between the two teams down. So if I had to pick this game against the spread, I actually would pick Giants plus seven and a half. 
All right, I'm going to take that as Aaron Schatz predicts the Giants win because, again, I'm delusional. Um, Sticking with the quarterback, it's something I was talking about on Monday, was that no team, and it's nothing against, and I always feel like I have to say this, it's nothing against uh, Brock Purdy. He's been a hell of a story, but no team makes life easier for a quarterback than the 49ers. And you mentioned about the Giants and about their offense with you know the talent or the lack thereof they have at um, wide receiver. And this is the best offensive line. I think I've seen them have since Daniel Jones was a rookie. How good would someone like Jones be if he was in that 49ers offense? I don't know. It's hard to tell because, first of all, you, you have to understand that we don't know how good Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy really is because mm-hmm. we've never seen Brock Purdy in another offense. Right. The other thing is Daniel Jones, um, you know, is getting it schemed up for him, too. His receivers aren't good, but Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka are doing a great job as mm-hmm. offensive, you know, Kafka is the offensive coordinator and Dayball is the, the, being the head coach. So I assume that Daniel Jones would be better than Brock Purdy in the San Francisco offense, but I honestly don't think by that much. I think Purdy is probably better than we would have expected as a seventh-round rookie. Yeah. And there's also probably a limit for what that offense can do for you. It's not like if Daniel Jones was the quarterback, Debo Samuel would be even more open than he already is. Right. He's just that open no matter who the quarterback is, and I could have passed the ball to him. I'm just that question was really me just trying to emotionally prepare myself for when they give him a three year hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Um you said you weren't surprised. Feel good. Yeah. Feel good if they give him a three year ninety million dollar deal okay. and out after two years. Okay. Hopefully I, they pay him less, but still pay I, I don't mind them bringing him back if they don't pay him too much. Yeah, no, I, I'm the I'm 100 percent the same way. We'll get off the Giants because you know suddenly we'll we'll be talking about you were writing about the 2000 Baltimore Ravens and did Kerry Collins ever have a chance? But that's too self indulgent for even me. Uh, we're joined by editor in chief from Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz. You said you weren't surprised. Um, you had to be at least a little bit that Jacksonville overcame 27 point deficit and four interceptions from Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. I, what's surprising about last week is not the results, but the way we got there. Right. Like, I never would have expected Jacksonville to fall behind by 27 points, and I never would have expected them to make up the deficit of 27 points. But I did expect them to win the game, and I expected them to win a close game. So in that way, it was not a surprise. But no, the Jacksonville comeback was pretty miraculous. That being said, When you're analyzing Jacksonville going forward, you have to consider all the plays that went badly, Mm -hmm. and then you have to consider all the plays that went well, and you have to toss them in the soup with all the other Jacksonville games. So I I don't think Jacksonville is better than we thought because of the second half of that game, and I don't think Jacksonville is worse than we thought because of the first half of that game. In the end, when you put all the plays together, Jacksonville was basically who we thought they were. When you view uh, the game against Kansas City, Kansas City has the highest, they're the highest favorite of all the teams that are left. Uh, eight and a half point favorite. Is that, uh, is that deserved? Yeah, because basically everything Jacksonville can do, Kansas City can do better. Um, <laughs> you know, Jacksonville is mostly driven by the passing game. Well, Kansas City has the best passing game in the league. Like, Jacksonville's running game was not efficient this year, and Kansas City's was nowhere near as good as its passing game, but better than Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense was bad this year. Kansas City's defense was average this year. 
So basically, like, everything that's, you know, good about Jacksonville is better about Kansas City, and everything that's bad about Jacksonville is better about Kansas City. Yeah, no, it's fair. I, the one thing I'm fascinated about is, um, you know, just the confidence Trevor Lawrence had after being down 27 nothing. I'm fascinated, uh, and I think a lot of us are, because we just want to see these young quarterbacks get better and better. I'm curious how Trevor Lawrence, what he does this week um, against, against Kansas City. Um, beyond Chris Jones, what sort of defense is he going to be, will he be facing? Uh, Trent McDuffie was good, the rookie cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very good this year, and uh, Bolton and Gay can kind of move around in the yep. middle at linebacker. Um, there is some pass rush there, but no, it's not. It's not a good. It's not a, a great defense, but it has been an improving defense, and it has been an average defense over the course of the entire year, and that makes it better than the Jacksonville defense. Scale of one to ten, how worried should Buffalo Bills fans be about Josh Allen and the turnovers? Three. Yeah. The overall performance by Josh Allen is still awesome. Like, yeah, there's more turnovers than you'd like, but look at all the positive plays and how good they are. Mm-hmm. So first of all, if you just think of the variation that he brings. Yeah. Right? When he doesn't turn it over, all you get are those amazing positive plays. You, If that happens, you win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. But, you know, the fact is even when he does turn it over, you get enough positive plays, and that team is so good all around. I mean, defense and special teams, not just the offense, uh, that you get, you can get past. So I would be too worried about. I mean, Buffalo is still, they were number one in our ratings for the regular season, and in the weighted ratings that give more strength to recent games, they're number two. So we still really like Buffalo. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's it's funny because on one level, um, we're all taught to be afraid of turnovers. On the other end, they've won fourteen to seventeen games, and they haven't lost a game by more than a field goal. Um, with offensive coordinators being in the news, and they're all getting fired, which is fantastic for the head coaches because they at least get a, a year, a little bit of a stay of execution. Um, I, I don't know if you, and if you don't have any thoughts on this, we can move on to Dallas and San Fran. But the one other thing that kind of stood out in that Miami game, uh, Miami Buffalo game, was how often they were throwing the ball deep and how often um, they were, uh, Josh Allen was going deep in the fourth quarter and that his average yards per attempt was 14.6. It just, it, yeah. it, it, it felt like Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, that there was a little bit of hubris going on. Are you asking me, would I dial back the deep shots yeah. a little bit in the fourth quarter with a lead? Yes. yes yeah. I would. I would dial them back, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so then we're on the same page. Um, Dallas at San Fran. How much of what we saw from Dallas was this is them at their peak with the amount of talent, and they're an incredibly talented team, and how much of it was they were facing a Tampa Bay team that, quite frankly, wasn't really that good this year? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a mix of the two. I mean, this was definitely a really good game for Dallas. But overall, I mean, of of the big six teams this year, right, like the six teams that really seem to have a shot at the Super Bowl, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Dallas. Dallas is definitely the lowest of the six and the one that has declined the most in recent weeks. Their pass defense, despite looking so good against Tampa, has only been something like 16th in the league since week 10. So their offense has been a little bit better, but their defense has been a good amount worse in recent weeks. So I I do think you saw the best that Dallas can be, and this is going to be a very different challenge for them to play San Francisco, 
which by our weighted DVOA rating is the hottest team in the league right now. It's in, it's incredible. It's incredible the numbers they put up, and it speaks to just the the calm of this rookie quarterback, the talent, and the schemes uh, that are going on in San Francisco. Uh, Aaron, as I let you go, which game, um, if it was quote, uh, if the which game would shock you the least if the if the underdog won? Cincinnati would shock me the least. Even the interesting thing there is that Buffalo, is Buffalo was, was our number one team during the year. Explain, yet, sir. Explain. Show your work. Cincinnati is the best of the road teams. So while Buffalo may be the best of the home teams, Cincinnati is the best of the road teams. And I could definitely see a shootout where Burrow slightly outplays Allen and Cincinnati takes it home. So that would be the least surprising of the upsets this weekend. Check out the work. Go to footballoutsiders.com. Sign up for all the premium stuff. You'll get all the rest of the playoffs, and it'll also help you down the road way earlier than everyone else with next football season, whether it comes to betting or fantasy. It is the editor-in-chief of Football Outsiders. Aaron, we'll chat soon. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That is Aaron Schatz from footballoutsiders.com.